Welcome to the Theology Research News Podcast. Theology Research News provides updates from KU Leuven's Faculty of Theology and Religious Studies to a worldwide academic audience. It features interviews with faculty members, discussions with visiting scholars, and updates about our publications, conferences, and other events. Please visit TRN at theologyresearchnews.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Today I'm with Professor Paul Van Geest. He's a full professor at Tilburg University, a professor of church history. He is also a professor of the relationship between economy and theology at Rotterdam University. And because that's not enough to keep him busy, he is visiting professor of theology here at KU Leuven, where he is writing a book. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit. So thank you, Professor Van Geest. Um, thank you. So, um, what brings you to Leuven? Well, um, the last five years I've spent my time as a vice dean of research at my own faculty in Tilburg. Mm-hmm. And we had, uh, well, let's say, difficult years with the um, uh, visitation committee for the research, for the quality of the research mm-hmm. of, the, of the state uh, ahead of us. Um, and well, after uh, having finished these, um, this research, qua- uh, this research visitation quite successfully, we uh, we scored very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was entitled to have a sabbatical, oh. and uh, I was most happy to uh, to be able to spend it in uh, in Leuven, uh, because the researchers on my field, the early Christianity field of research of early Christianity. Um, well, they're quite professional, and they, I consider them uh, to be my friends. Uh-huh. And um, well, they invited me here to become a research professor. And uh, well, most of the time I spent here in this room writing a book. Uh-huh. So being a research professor in Leuven means um, to revitalize your experience as a PhD student. Uh-huh. The only thing you 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 have to do, uh, it's a privileged thing to do, uh, is writing. A book doing your own research mm. without any other responsibilities of um, well being the uh, the research dean of faculty right right and so and so you come here to write a book and instead we ask you to give an interview yeah <laughs> these 20 minutes you can have yeah okay okay good, good. so um i'm i'm just curious and i'm sure everyone else is um i introduced you as teaching about the relationship between economy and theology yeah. in rotterdam yeah. could yeah. What exactly does that mean? Well, it's um, like, well, let's say everything in my life, I never applied. Well, I did apply for jobs, but I never uh, became, uh, or I never got a job I applied for. And this was a kind of a question of a dean of the economical faculty in Rotterdam. And he asked me to to give a kind of a presentation for the students in economy Mm -hmm. about ethics. Mm. And then I uh, uh, said to him, well, I'm not a uh, professor in ethics, but what I can do for you is reading with the students the mm-hmm. sources uh, uh, written by theologians before Adam Smith came up. Mm-hmm. Sources like uh, handbooks of scholastic theology, mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Aquinas, uh, Gabriel Biel was the first mm-hmm. uh, professor in theology of Tübingen. Mm-hmm. Because it, uh, before uh, the discipline of economy came up after Adam Smith, um, 
uh, theologians, they were dealing with issues uh, on economy, mm-hmm. about trade, about uh, what people should do, uh, uh, having interest or not, mm-hmm. um, what the intentions were with which you, uh, well, could trade, mm-hmm. good intentions, bad intentions. Mm-hmm. And the theologians, they were, well, let's say, interdisciplinary, uh, interdisciplinary, uh, interdisciplinary avant la lettre, mm-hmm. because they combined uh, the uh, analysis of trade with the analysis of the purpose with which a person could trade, mm-hmm. and also with an analysis of the uh, intentions mm. were they sinful were they not mm. with which you trade mm. with which you become a fraudularius for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. A, people, a, a, a person uh, uh, how do you uh, uh, the frauding uh, uh, committing uh, fraud yeah committing fraud yeah, uh, on other people's by trade uh, in trading yeah and uh, well then it turns out that this was a kind of a lacuna in the curriculum of the economical faculty and mm. then they asked me to come over for a day mm. and then I said uh, well I'm most willing to come over for a day but then you have me uh, you have to appoint me uh, uh, as a professor because then I know that you will take uh, the uh, the theology uh, I'm going to teach very seriously right, right. and so they did but it's a kind of a uh, I'm not doing my research at the economical faculty right, right. Uh, rather than the research I, I do at my own Right, right. and now here in Leuven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm also, you know, you 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 said earlier a little bit about why you came here. You're familiar with the faculty yeah. members, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is not home for you. You no. you come over here for for half of a week yeah, at a time. Exactly. Um, what, why Leuven? I mean, what, what's, well, what's first the idea? of all, it's a very you, uh, uh, the, 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 there are various reasons, but the, the practical one is that the library here. Uh-huh. As we speak, we are in the Maurits Sabel Library. Right, I right. have a room here next to the library. I mean, it's a paradise for right, if a, you walk, uh, for those listening. If you literally walk two meters, you. you through the door, you're in the stacks. Absolutely. You're in Absolutely. the books right there. So, uh, I never accustomed to this wonderful feeling of having all these books around me. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, I don't have to, to, to write down a little note. Can I have this book? No, yeah. you, you, you simply go out of your room, you, you pick it up. And it's an excellent, it really is an excellent library yeah. uh, here with, with the hard copies and the, the, di- the, di- the digital uh-huh. uh, Possibility, so uh, that's a very practical reason of being here. But right. the other practical, or well, no, let's say more existential reason is that um, colleagues, I have a high esteem mm. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are here, and I can co- uh, have conversations with them about mm-hmm. the book I'm uh, writing here in right. Leuven. So that's very helpful. And mm-hmm. the third reason is that, um, well. Um, you, you you have to if you have a sabbatical and you want to do you want to take up your research again after a period of, of management mm. uh, you don't have to uh, to go to your own university you really have to have a physical distance from um, the, the, the faculty you you managed right right and uh, well Leuven is the uh, is for me this the uh, uh, well uh, uh, no 
Leuven supplies me with this physical distance, yeah. and uh, I'm living in the in the Augustinian monastery uh, okay. as well, which it, it has a very good atmosphere. I yeah. like the, the the atmosphere. In the it has a library of its own as and well. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I can start if I want to, and most of the time uh, I spend in Leuven, I want to. I can start working at 6 a.m., mm. then go to breakfast, then go to church for a little morning prayer with uh -huh. the friars. Uh -huh. I like that. Yeah. I, uh, it, it, it feeds me in a way. And after this contemplatio, I go uh, once I go to my room here in the university and I work uh, until uh, I'm tired. <laughs> and that's uh, an advantage of having this physical distance for a certain amount of time in your week is yeah. from your family as well yeah is that i can work here ferociously yeah uh, there are nobody is disturbing you so i have to leave after two days and a half because because otherwise the children they will not recognize <laughs> they will recognize me physically <laughs> but they, they they will not recognize me uh, be, you have to be uh, remain accustomed to your children yes yes, yes absolutely it's, it's, uh, after a week you're lost right so as you're writing this book, what, um, the, so the book is about Augustine, yes, and fear, yes, yes. Um, I, I think we're all a lot of us are quite familiar with Augustine and with fear, but but you're looking at fear through the lens of Absolutely. through through Augustine's Absolutely. eyes. So yeah, yeah. What, tell us. Well, about this that. whole story started um, actually with reading a book of uh, Jean de Lumeau uh -huh. about fear, uh -huh. uh, a wonderful book. And he is quoting uh, quite extensively uh, Augustine talking about fear. And then I thought, well, I read uh, the primary source, Augustine. Mm -hmm. I read sermons in which he's dealing with fear or intensifying it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, this. Although the book is excellent, mm -hmm. the the interpretation of Augustine uh, isn't right. Mm -hmm. And well, there uh, it all started. Um, I discovered in a way that uh, the interpretation of Augustine, uh, well, it's it's simply not right. Mm. Uh, Augustine was being blamed for, uh, well, uh, intensifying the, 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 the satanic fear in the medieval times. Mm. And I discovered that you cannot blame Augustine, but you can blame his interpreters. I see. And then I start. Uh, then I thought, well, then I have to start from scratch. Mm. Reading, which is a kind of a privilege, reading yes. Augustine uh, uh, as a primary source and not being dependent of his interpreters, like I am one myself. Yeah. <laughs> I started reading. Uh, um, uh, well, uh, more systematic work, more systematic works of Augustine, in which he is defining fear. Uh -huh. And I started reading more uh, homiletic works. Um, in which he is not uh, defining or explaining what fear exactly uh -huh. is, but in which he is intensifying fear uh -huh. by um, uh, quoting um, from the Bible, in which uh, Jesus warns us for uh, for, the, for for hell or um, for the last judgment uh -huh. and. Well, I'm now at. I, I reach a certain point. I, you, you clearly can see that Augustine defines uh, fear as a useful uh, habitus and feeling at the same time, mm -hmm. because uh, it keeps you attentive. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that's how he defines it. But if he 
intensifies it in, uh, for example, Sermon 22. Uh -huh. uh, he not only intensifies fear, he does so in the first part of the sermon. Tina Judicium, be aware that once you will be judged. But the, uh, uh, if he uh, continues uh, preaching, then the fear, the intensification of fear, uh, in a way is embedded in the intensification of trust on a God who is merciful. Hmm. So we need the fear as a kind of an initial movement mm. uh, in which we are uh, becoming very much aware of the fact that we have to remain attentive. Mm -hmm. But uh, the more he progresses in his uh, homily, the more this fear is embedded in this feeling of in God we trust. I see. And well, this dynamic, uh -huh. I, I, I I think it's very, very mm -hmm. exciting. And it's timeless in yeah. a way because everybody knows that uh, you have to be attentive um, crossing a road. Uh, but in the end, you must not be, you must not stick in this feeling of, I cannot cross the road. Right. You have to be faithful that you will succeed uh, crossing this road uh -huh. in a very uh, yeah. safe way. Yeah. And that's exactly the dynamic, dynamic Augustine is presenting in his sermons uh -huh. on fear. I see, I see. So, is, is there, you know, this topic, you, you were reading a book, it kind of prompted these thoughts. Do you, do you think that there's something particularly timely about this topic? Like, what... You, I, I presumably you could have written this book twenty years ago, or you yes, could have waited yes. twenty more years to write it. But yeah, is there something about this book that is particularly suited for twenty nineteen or whenever it's published twenty twenty? Well, um, well, or is this an accident of time that you're well, writing it now? Always, always, <laughs> it's always an accident of time. But on the other hand, uh, so first of all, let me no, let me say, let me put it this way: um, this topic intrigues me. Uh. Uh, but on the other hand. All around in, in the world, you f you see that if you if you read newspapers, yeah. if you uh, watch the 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 the, uh, the journal, uh, how do you say it in English? The watch TV? the news. Watch the news exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah if, if you if you watch the news, you see that people even in Holland and Holland is a very good country. It's kind of a vacation yeah. uh, country in the rest of the world. Everything yeah. is organized so well. Yeah. People start feeling even in Holland insecure huh. about immigrants. We can have much more immigrants in, the, in, in, in our country than we used to have these days, but people are insecure. And that has to do with the, uh, well, let's say the lack, lacking of uh, this feeling of social cohesion. Uh. And then I start wondering why, where are people afraid of? And uh. sometimes I ask students or, or my father, and they, they, they are not sure for what exactly they are afraid. And that makes it so... Kind of a disembodied anxiety. Exactly, like, exactly. And uh, that's one of the things Augustine does so well in one of his sermons. He canalizes the fear yeah. for the devil. And then he puts the devil into perspective. Mm. And that's exactly what we in these days are not able to do the immigrants the refugees it's, right. it's a kind of a well undefined 
quantity, an undefined entity uh, for which we are afraid. And you yeah. should be afraid for certain things, oh. person. That helps you canalizing uh, fear and it helps you to uh, define it uh, and it helps you to overcome it by defining it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because once you define what exactly you are afraid of, it's it's a known it, quantity, it, 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 right? It's, yeah. it's 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 not what exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, so what's interesting to me is rumor has it that you, in 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 your academic life, you didn't begin with Augustine. In That's fact, right. you you began, yeah. um, what um, a thousand yeah, years later, with Thomas Aquinas. Exactly, I was trained as a philologist, and that had to do with uh, well, I always wanted to study theology because uh -huh. I was intrigued by the questions. A friend of my father, who was a theologian, uh -huh. um, posed, uh -huh. and as a, as a, as a young uh, uh, scholar uh, at high school, I was intrigued by his uh, way of life and way uh -huh. of looking at things. Mm -hmm. So I said to my parents, well, I'm pretty sure that I want to study theology. And then they said, because I was very young, uh, they said that's okay, but first of all, uh, you're going to study a normal uh, study. So, uh, just to teach, te yeah, to teach my father, I um, have chosen uh, Dutch literature because, uh -huh. the, with only one reason, um, I, I'm, I, I want, I, I, I do speak this language, so I don't have to learn another foreign language. <laughs> It's a practical yeah, consideration. Yeah, it's a very stupid, <laughs> stupid uh, uh, intention. Uh, uh. Well, what happens? I, I, I went to Leiden. Um, and we had excellent professors there, mm -hmm. and they made a scholar out of me. Mm. I uh, did my uh, MA in four years, and I did my teacher's uh, certificate in, uh, uh, in at the same time, so I worked. I think I've never slept mm. these days because if I look at the pictures of my time in Leiden, there are parties and all over and well, so I never slept. But then after uh, having finished this uh, masters in philology, I said to my father, "So I did my job. I uh, can now apply for a job as a as a as a lecturer at a high school, but I want to study theology. So you have to pay once again." Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he did. And I went to Rome and I studied theology then. But the combination of doing a, um, well, philology uh -huh. first, uh, being very sensitive for what the intention of an author is, what the dynamics in a text or in texts are, and what the interpretation of later interp interpreters uh, might be. Well, that was very helpful. Uh, um, uh, for the study of theology as well, uh, because then you discover that theologians, well, they are quite often system builders, yeah. and they do not honor the intention of the author uh, of uh, of which work they take right, right. Uh, some quotations in order to build their own yeah. uh, theoretical system. Yeah. So the they, use, they use authors yeah, without possibly without without, without being aware of the intention the the author had. Right. And there was a theologian uh, Henri Lubac, for example, yeah. uh, um, who uh, who was very aware of this dangerous dynamic. Yeah. 
And no, I wrote my my uh, my bachelor thesis under the bug, and that was um, that caused a kind of a coherence between philology and theology in my mind. Uh-huh. And well, together with um, so philology and theology together made me well fit for a job as a PhD student in Nijmegen. Mm. I did my thesis, I defended my thesis in Utrecht and then I wanted to leave university so then I went to, to work in a parish mm. for five years and then well they start uh, in, in Utrecht to ask well could you apply for a, a job as a senior researcher. I did, I was hired and well then I became professor. <laughs> so one thing led to another, and, yeah, and yeah. here we are today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it you're, it's not only you know teaching and uh, administrating that you do. So in addition to this, you also have a a column that you write on a oh yes every yes. every yeah. three weeks. Yeah. And yeah. could you tell us about it? It's, it's for a Dutch publication called Trouw. Yes. Am I right? Yes. Um, um, well, that's Tell's what I asked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the thing was that, um, well, when the Pope, Pope Francis was elected, they uh, looked for a kind of a, well, analyst, a kind of a John Allen uh, kind of person or Robert Mickens kind of person in okay. Holland, and they, well, they took me. Uh-huh. So, uh, every time the Pope does something useful or does something not useful, I am... You get a phone call. Uh, <laughs> I got a phone call and uh, well, uh, with this Pope and all the uh, uh-huh. reformations in the church and the abuse and etc. I'm called, I think, twice or th- yeah, t- at least twice a week for radio or television. Mm. And uh, well, uh, I think uh, it's a kind of a service to society that uh, well, we have. I do have a certain knowledge of papacy and of the Roman Curia. Mm-hmm. Because I have a very small job myself, uh, the prefect of the Congregation for the Faith, the Doctor of Faith, mm. is Luis Ladaria, and he was my professor in Rome, an excellent person. Mm. And he asked me to uh, be enrolled on the list of uh, Piriti. Mm. Uh, I don't know how to translate that. Uh, Neither do I. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of uh, advisors or. or, or um, so sometimes I do advice, uh-huh. but not on the very hot topics, uh, right, right. On, the, on, the, on the relatively small ones. And uh, so then the, 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 uh, the Dutch radio or broadcasting, they asked me to give some comments mm. on, on, uh, on the Pope. And uh, Trouw and other papers discovered that. And then uh, they said, well, could you write a column? Mm. And that's an excellent instrument to valorize the knowledge you have uh, about Augustine. Yeah. It helps me to... Uh, because that's a kind of a skill you have to develop as well as right. a scholar. It, uh, it, 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 uh, it helps me to um, present uh, well my findings for a, a broad audience, right. and I feel obliged to do so because they the taxpayer is paying my 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 salary. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you get uh, comments, uh, and that's that's good. Yeah. So it helps me to develop thoughts for a broader audience. Right. So I mean, it seems to me like this is a uh, this is an opportunity that not surely not all and even not many uh, professors of theology have uh, a, a way of well stepping out of the ivory tower, as it were, to really. I'm inclined 
to contradict you. For oh, example, okay. my, my uh, with permission, eh? with oh, of course, that. of course, you're the professor. <laughs> no, but for example, uh, we had a uh, inaugural address this morning here at Leuven uh -huh. University of a young uh, Austrian th uh, professor in theology. Yes, Professor uh, Judith Huber. Yeah. It was a nice, nice uh, uh, address. And I met with my friend uh, Anthony, and he was telling me that he is going, as we speak, to Brazil. Uh -huh. uh, to give a lecture uh, at the faculty, not of theology, but of psychology about Augustine. Hmm. So I'm not the only one presenting his findings for mm -hmm. a broader audience. Mm -hmm. And what's so interest, uh, interesting about it, and I will dedicate a column, I think, on uh, to, to, to this uh, travel, this trip of, mm -hmm. of Anthony, because it's very interesting that they ask in Brazil a theologian to explain one of the founding fathers of, well, let's say, psychological uh, insights, mm -hmm. Augustine, mm -hmm. to present to them, uh, well, these foundations mm. of their discipline yeah. by reading uh, uh, Augustine. I think uh, that if people discover what theologians really are doing, we are invited all over the world, not only from Louvain, but... Mm -hmm. Because we have so much to offer. We are interdisciplinary avant la lettre. Mm -hmm. uh, we do study people uh, who dealt eh, as, as, as church fathers or uh, as bishops or as preachers mm -hmm. with suffering, with fortune, mm -hmm. with uh, how to deal with suffering uh, in order to re stay happy. Right. Uh, with I think politics within an empire context, it really yeah, it, we have lot we have a lot to offer, but we maybe we are a little bit too shy uh, uh, to present our findings. Um, have you found that your work as a as I, sh I could say as an academic theologian yeah. Yeah. has changed as a result of a more public role because you yeah. reflect publicly yeah. on your theology, yeah, whereas. Maybe other uh, others are talking to an audience of academics. Yeah. You're not talking to an audience of yeah. academics only. Not always, not always, not always. Right. But you know, you're people reading your column or yeah. people listening to the yeah. radio. Yeah. So has that changed how you do your theology? Well, or what you think? Yeah. Thank you for this this question. Uh, yes, and no. Uh, let me start with the no. Um, uh, academics, they do have. Uh, well, a field of research, uh, Augustine, uh, and uh, uh, in, in my case, and the works of Augustine, they do have an interest, intrinsic value. Mm. So we should study what Augustine, uh, well, means in uh, the context of his uh, milieu uh, uh, in, in, in his time. We, we must study Augustine as Augustine with his intentions mm -hmm. and we must figure out what he's exactly uh, being so I'm writing now a little article on his treatise on uh, on uh, heresies and I'm not going to develop an instrument for uh, the congregation for the doctrine of faith uh, helping them out to discern what modern heresies could be no I'm writing what were the, what the intention I'm, I'm, I'm uh, researching the intentions with what uh, Augustine um, wrote this treatise mm. uh, as an aim in itself. On the other hand, uh, I feel obliged uh, also when I'm reading Augustine 
to uh, be able to present what I read in a way that, uh, well, uh, a broad audience can understand. Right. Uh, sometimes these acts, as it were, come together. Mm. The, 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 uh, the academic question uh, can be uh, the cause of a broader uh, question uh, which might be useful in order to solve a societal problem mm -hmm. but sometimes uh, well they they do not stick together this uh, academic question and the uh, well my urge as it were to uh, interpret Augustine's work in such a way that uh, well, for example, my neighbors can understand it. Right, right. Yeah. It's, um, so it's an ambivalent question. I'll start away. Well, good. Well, thank you uh, for taking the time to speak with us oh, today. Oh, my pleasure. My very, pleasure. very much appreciated it. And all the best as you stay here in Louvain for the rest oh. of your sabbatical and success. Like I said, finishing your uh, book. I'm in paradise here in this library and with these wonderful colleagues around. Good. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for listening to this podcast from Theology Research News. Please don't forget to visit us online at theologyresearchnews.com and uh, to friend us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter. Thank you very much.